This episode of the Policing Matters podcast is sponsored by LexisNexis Risk Solutions. Learn more about how the accurate virtual crime center can help you solve more crime and find non-obvious connections at risk.lexisnexis.com backslash A-V-C-C. Well, hello and welcome back, and thank you for tuning in to Policing Matters on PoliceOne.com. I'm your host, Jim Dudley. Well, today I'm speaking with John F. Clark, President and CEO of the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, or the NCMEC, in Alexandria, Virginia. John F. Clark is President and CEO the nation's leading nonprofit organization of the forefront of child protection for more than 36 years. And since 1984, the NCMEC's mission has been to help find missing children, reduce child sexual exploitation, and prevent child victimization. Prior to that, he served 28 years with the U.S. Marshal Service, the last of which he served as agency director. Welcome, Mr. Clark. Thank you, Jim. It's a pleasure to join you today and to uh, share some time with you and your listeners. Thanks for having me. Well, great. I mean, you have 31 years experience in the, the federal law enforcement sector. You lend that experience to the NCMEC, and um, it's a great organization. And I've got to say, um, you know, in my early days as a captain with the SFPD, uh, taking over the juvenile division, I lost sleep over what we would do in the case of an abducted uh, child. And we didn't have um, many uh, general orders or uh, binders to follow for procedures. And so we looked to NCMEC for training early on. Well, it's being estimated that many cases of abuse, of abuse, including physical and sexual abuse and neglect, may be our dark figure of crime during this pandemic. And uh, many of the mandated reporters, as you know, uh, police, nurses, uh, school uh, teachers and, and officials, uh, even spotting someone on a playground, that those, those incidents are not uh, being reported. Um, so what's your organization been seeing in the world of child exploitation during the, the pandemic? Well, you know, thank you, Jim, that the, uh, the pandemic has created uh, uh, maybe some unforeseen uh, additional difficulties that we are experiencing just beyond the effects of the pandemic. When it comes to child exploitation, for example, uh, we've seen regrettably uh, a very drastic spike in the number of cases and reports that are coming to the National Center. Uh, we have one measurement, by the way, which we kind of get a, a glimpse of what that looks like. It's called the cyber tip line. Uh, that's the primary mechanism by which the, uh, the internet service providers, the, those who, uh, for example, a Google or a Facebook, for example, uh, would report instances of child sexual abuse material on their platforms, uh, but also the members of the public can make tips to us. So uh, this year, uh, as in just a comparison's sake, uh, from uh, March uh, to the present time, the present day here, uh, we've seen we're, we're now just approaching uh, the 21 million cyber tip reports. Wow. There's still a little bit time left to go in the year. Um, as a comparison, uh, you know, last year, 
uh, for the total year, we're around 18 million reports. Now, what's interesting in this is, is that that's just primarily a, a, a handful of internet service providers making reports to us and reports from the public. So we definitely can see a correlation between what the, the, the pandemic has caused and just people being homebound and connected on mobile devices. Uh, so we've seen also in, uh, increases in cases of online grooming of children uh, for sexual favors and that type of thing. Uh, online enticement, uh, that's another category which we track. We've seen a spike in online enticement. Hmm. So uh, these are statistical things we see going in the wrong direction and a direction we don't like them to go. Uh, but that's just a barometer, I call it, or a measurement of what we think is connected to this pandemic. Yeah, we've, we've had some experts in domestic violence on the show, and they talk about uh, just what you said, the sheltering, where they're, they're not getting out. And there's a mechanism where I, I learned about it uh, when talking with Bev Upton in San Francisco, the, the domestic violence advocate, uh, the prevention advocate. And she talked about uh, victims who may have been able to signal uh, friends or relatives by just a text or, or not texting on a certain time of the day. Have you seen any sort of notification system like that where somebody may be in trouble and they're reaching out? Yes, we, we are able to uh, now receive a lot more of those types of reports through our national call center. Again, that's one of the, the hallmarks of the National Center is uh, we've had uh, now continually uh, a call center operation that goes 24-7, 365. Uh, these are human beings. You'll, you'll always get a, a real person who will answer the phone. Uh, but we also are able to receive text messages and other forms of communications that would indicate that a person, for example, might be in trouble. So through that call center and that mechanism, we can get reports about missing children, um, child sexual abuse uh, situations, uh, other, other types of inquiries where people, you know, feel a child's safety or, or, or a child might be endangered. That's great. And we will uh, include your 24-7 your number and uh, contacts at the uh, posting of the podcast. I Please, yes. I understand one of the NCMEC's current priorities is the European Union's e-privacy directive. And for those who may not realize, beginning on December 21st, the e-privacy director will make it illegal for tech companies to use technology to detect online child exploitation. And I know this can be a complicated topic uh, for some folks to understand. Uh, what is it uh, that you want people to know about this? Well, let me start by saying that the National Center uh, certainly supports everybody's right to privacy. And uh, we, we too, we all share concerns about privacy in our own household, our own family, our own individual circumstances. But what, what's that issue here, uh, Jim, and for your listeners, is the fact that if this, uh, this law passes in the European Union, it will essentially disable the ability of uh, organizations like ours or law enforcement generally uh, to be able to discover and report and handle uh, those types of child sexual abuse material and imagery and, and things that are happening online. And uh, without those particular tools and opportunities, uh, you're going to see literally, as I reported a few minutes ago, millions of children 
And these are the reports that we know about, by the way, that are reported. There's probably millions more that aren't reported that will be at risk. And so uh, we decided, we, the National Center, decided to, to take a stand with a lot of our, our like-minded child safety advocates to make sure that we sent a clear message uh, to those, uh, those who were deciding on this issue that while we respect privacy, uh, it is essential that whatever um, solution that uh, is enacted or is thought through from a, from a, a technology perspective, it also includes the ability uh, for law enforcement or safety professionals to be able to find uh, those voiceless children. And by the way, many of the victims that are online being harmed are truly voiceless. We're talking prepubescent children. Wow. Uh, we're talking children who are uh, not able to communicate anyway. And so uh, we have to think about their privacy. We have to think about what it is that they're uh, being subjected to. Uh, in fact, we know from uh, the other work that we do regarding uh, online pictures, videos, and that type of thing, that there are millions more files. In addition to the reports we get, there's millions more files of just pictures and imagery. So think about someone's right to privacy to have imagery of that nature spread uh, literally around the globe. Right. So that's our chief concern. Yeah, and I mean, the world is smaller, right, because of the internet. So it's great to see that, you know, we're expanding outside our own national boundaries. And uh, I know a few years back or several years back, we put a stamp on passports of child predators who may have been traveling just for uh, sexual uh, trade or, or, or trips. So it's really great to hear that, you um, We've got an Interpol, if you will, uh, connection uh, with the NCMEC. Well, and I might add too, Jim, just for your listeners' sake, that that's another part of our work is dealing with uh, all the issues uh, that are also going on around the world. Uh, you mentioned the, you know, the child sex tourism. You know, those are words we should never be able to put into a phrase, child sex tourism. That is just unbelievable to really think of. Mm -hmm. We also know, by the way, from our analysis of a lot of our cyber tip reports, that about 98% of those reports have an international connection somewhere else. In other words, uh, different countries um, uh, around the globe are uh, you know, producing or, or um, passing the material around, but their host platform is often in the United States. But hmm. we do see uh, an international connection for sure. Yeah important. So what kind of training uh, do you have available in these times? I mean, uh, are you hosting law enforcement officers in Arlington? Are they sitting in a classroom or is everything uh, virtual these days? Well, uh, in one hand, regrettably so, we've had to go virtual. We've had to uh, reassess probably like a lot of, uh, of the world uh, about how you do business. Uh, we're very proud of the fact that we have trained uh, since our inception of our training center uh, about 360,000 uh, professionals, that includes law enforcement, uh, social service uh, professionals, healthcare professionals, child safety professionals. Uh, so we have a very robust training program uh, that includes uh, online courses as well, including what we call our chief executive officer uh, course, aimed primarily at law enforcement uh, executive staff who, um, can take a course to uh, become immersed in and familiarized with uh, best practices and techniques to stop um, 
exploitation of children and also uh, techniques and best practice to find missing children. Uh, keeping in mind that the average police department in America is relatively small and may not see in some communities significant cases of child exploitation or if a child goes missing in their community, to have the right um, understanding and what resources could be available to help find and recover the missing child. So it's been very, very popular for us. Uh, and we also do a child uh, sex trafficking awareness course as well. It kind of gives um, law enforcement a, pr a perspective of what we see and uh, law enforcement techniques, technology that's available and analytics that are available to help in that area as well. Yeah, that, that's all great. And you, as with your experience as a U.S. Marshal, um, can you tell, have, I've seen a lot of operations uh, in the last six to 12 months with U.S. Marshals cracking down on human trafficking. Did you have any hand in, in the training there? We were involved in virtually every single one of those operations that the U.S. Marshals did around the country. And of course, it warms my heart, I don't mind saying, as a former U.S. Marshal, to work with my colleagues again at the U.S. Marshal Service. Uh, you know, the Marshals have a great history of, uh, you know, uh, finding the bad guys, we would say, the fugitive. Uh, they put those same kind of techniques to use to help find and recover missing children, uh, sort of a new legislative initiative uh, that they've been given. So we married up their law enforcement capabilities with our uh, ability uh, at the National Center uh, to have all of the tools and technology and analytics we have uh, to help recover missing children. Uh, for example, many people in the public don't know that we have a very robust uh, forensic services divi uh, division at the National Center where we can do age progressions of missing children pictures so if a child is missing at age five and he's, he or she is still missing at age 10, we can age progress that photo to show what that child would probably look like at age 10 uh, to give the public uh, a, a fresher, clearer image of what the child would look like. So we've worked with all those types of um, tools and technology to work with the marshals. It's a perfect match in marriage for us because uh, they're on the street, they're on the front line, knocking on doors, talking to people, interviewing people. We're in the background with our analysts and all of our tools, helping to enable uh, a successful recovery of children. And as we know from many of those different uh, operations, that uh, in some cases, a few dozen children were recovered in, in locales where in some cases, those children had been missing for a while. And in, in several of the cases, additionally, some of the children had been trafficked or were in the process of being trafficked for sex. So we, we see uh, not only recovering the child, but we're pulling them out of extremely dangerous situations. Yeah, that's great. That's great work. Well, I'd like to take a second to briefly pause to acknowledge our sponsors and get right back to you. Accurate Virtual Crime Center helps accelerate your investigations by finding connections between public records and nationwide law enforcement data with just one search. With cutting edge analytics and data linking, law enforcement personnel can get a comprehensive view of people's identities. Evidence-based policing allows them to better target investigations, generate leads and solve crimes. 
Using nationwide crime data, they can also detect patterns, predict upcoming events, and deploy resources efficiently. Accurate Virtual Crime Center helps police agencies be more effective in protecting and serving their communities. To learn more about Accurate Virtual Crime Center, visit risk.lexisnexus.com backslash AVCC. And we are back and I'm speaking with CEO and president of the NCMEC, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, Mr. John F. Clark. And uh, Mr. Clark, so you you talked about, uh, you know, the, the number of really small agencies and the limited resources, but you have your online training, you have uh, sponsored uh, law enforcement officers to, to go to Arlington for the training. Um, if we go back to the origins of the NCMEC, I mean, we know about uh, Adam Walsh and Jacob Wetterling, you know, children that were uh, abducted, uh, you know, 35, 35 plus years ago. And, um, you know, we can learn from our failings on our um, investigative process from back then. And we were light years ahead of where we were then. Um, we've seen over the last few months, uh, the marshals, you know, often I'll hear from students who talk about uh, prostitution, you know, they have it in their heads that prostitution is a, a victimless crime. And um, when we talk about the NCMEC, of course, we think about children. Human trafficking, though, crosses all ages. Yes, it does. Yes. In fact, uh, what we see at the National Center um, and, and by the way, I always like to point out when we have discussions around the, the, the prostitution issue, there's, there's no such thing. We, we, uh, we encourage your students as well not to use the phrase of, of a, a child prostitute. A, a child uh, is not um, mentally mature or aware enough to know what they're doing. Uh, and if they do know what they're doing behind that child is a, an organized crime type of an operation that is making that child go out. So, um, but we see uh, the types of crimes that are perpetrated against children, uh, not only from the standpoint of uh, imagery, what we call child sexual abuse imagery, but we also see what goes on in the trafficking situation. And uh, I'm often asked the question, or we're asked the question, is, is there, is there uh, sex trafficking happening in my area, in my part of the country, my, my community? Uh, the chances are overwhelmingly yes. The demographics that we see now re regarding trafficking and uh, child sexual abuse situations are really spread through all communities of all uh, races, uh, all colors, um, uh, demographics of all kinds, primarily because we become a very technology enabled world. Mm. And, uh, you know, the, the, the playground, if you will, that, you know, uh, uh, the bad guys and gals would go to to try to entice children are not the playground of swing sets and slides and the monkey bar stuff. This is now uh, a virtual playground. This is where people are, are, are enticing and finding children. Uh, once they uh, groom them, which is a whole nother topic, by the way, mm -hmm. um, getting that child into dangerous situations to be trafficked. Uh, we have seen and, and sadly know of horror story after horror story of young kids going online, being enticed, being groomed, meeting up with someone, 
disappearing and being uh, in a traffic trafficking situation, which again, the horrors can repeat itself, but that is happening across the globe. Awful. Well, how would NCMEC uh, impress policy needs at agencies? We know that you're, you're solid with the training, training executive level. Uh, as a new captain, I told you about my experience. And um, luckily, within a, my first month there, I got the chance to go to the NCMEC, got the valuable training. Um, are you influencing legislature, uh, Congress, uh, what are you doing uh, on the legal side of um, the NCMEC? I'm on Capitol Hill quite regularly. Of course, in a pre-COVID situation, I, that would be uh, literally so. Um, I would make on a typical year probably two dozen Capitol Hill visits. Um, and within this recent uh, times, we've also worked uh, closely with the White House, the Office of the Attorney General. Uh, we work with a lot of um, uh, foreign governments as well, the European Union, as we have been doing recently with that uh, uh, e-directive um, at the European Union. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have a very, very uh, strong voice and uh, we, we consider ourselves a, a voice of influence when it comes to formulating public policy. Uh, in fact, many members of Congress, uh, and we're thankful this happens on both sides of the aisle, uh, will call us and ask for our opinion. And we uh, have on, on occasion the opportunity to actually participate in sort of redlining and editing uh, draft legislation. Uh, that's the, the, the influence that um, our, our name and our recognition has. So uh, we kind of look at it like it's important to have a seat at the table. We should be uh, speaking up for those who can't speak. Um, we are doing a lot, by the way, uh, in the legislative bodies with survivor services, making sure survivors of violent crime and sex crimes and especially uh, uh, child safety issues, that we are there to speak for the, uh, those who have been victimized in, in those horrible situations. So we have a, a, a very, very aggressive and active role in public policy, and we're very proud of it. Uh, we don't back away from it. Um, we try very, very, very hard to stay uh, out of the politics of it. We look at this issue of child safety without regard to uh, political party, political preference, uh, some demographic or some issue. We just simply say, if it's a child who's in danger, we're going to be there to get involved and help. Well, that's terrific. And you're doing God's work uh, being an advocate for the children of America and actually across the globe. Um, so how can uh, officers, law enforcement officers, find uh, more about training or the resources available at the NCMEC? Yeah, uh, Jim, the best thing for uh, officers or your students, anybody who wants to learn more about us, we have a lot on our website, missingkids.org. Uh, you can go on there and click through all the various um, uh, pertinent parts about training. And uh, uh, we have key facts. We have information that's available there. Uh, we have ways, uh, you know, people can support us if that's something that they wish to do. Uh, so we have a, a, a number of things just there on our website, uh, including, you know, uh, how to um, provide training to your kids, for example, uh, NetSmarts, our KidSmarts, our online training programs for children. 
uh, about how to be safe online, uh, especially key, by the way, in this time when parents and teachers, educators are doing things virtually and, uh, and kids are at home. So, uh, yeah, go on to our website would be a great way to start. Uh, and if you're a law enforcement officer and you want to know more about our training, we have our eConnect um, a, a portal as well. You can see different trainings that uh, we are offering and, and when they're coming up. Uh, we long for the day when those training products uh, that we can do in person, because I think that's where you have the additional benefit of building a good rapport with and collaboration with other departments and other uh, professionals in getting, you know, to the, to the very core of what the, what the child safety issues are. But uh, the other thing you mentioned too, is uh, our call center number 1-800-THE-LOST. Uh, that's a, a number that uh, individuals can, uh, you know, you know, call if they have a situation or a circumstance that might need the kind of, resources and work that we provide, but it's all right there, hopefully at their fingertips. That's great. That, those are great resources and we will post them under the, the posting of this podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank you so much. I, I, you know, you, you just, you brought up the fact that, you know, we've got these unprecedented numbers of young kids on Zooms or Skypes or some other uh, video connection. And oftentimes they're not secure. At the onset, Zoom had a real problem with uh, securing the website. And uh, now hopefully with with, uh, passwords that we're, we're addressing that, but there's still you know, the potential for abuse, just like you said. So that, that's a great uh, thing to bring up, a great topic and a good one to address. Um, thanks so much for your time, uh, Director uh, John F. Clark, uh, for your great work at the NCMEC, your staff and your resources. Uh, you, you, they couldn't be uh, more useful than in a time like this. So we appreciate your service. Uh, I hope you're well and you stay well. And uh, thanks for helping train law enforcement officers uh, across our country. Well, Jim, thank you uh, for the opportunity. And on behalf of the uh, nearly 370, as I like to call them, our earthly angels who are behind the scenes here with me, uh, doing all they can to safeguard, protect, and and rescue and find kids. Uh, It's my honor, my privilege to come on today. And uh, I hope your viewers uh, or our listeners will uh, be able to check out our website and uh, any resources we can provide in the future. We'd love to do it. That's great. Thank you so much. And you're always welcome back. If you have something new you'd like to get out, uh, let us know. And to our listeners, thanks again for listening. Uh, Are you on special or high alert at times when you enter homes these days? Are you looking out for the signs of child abuse or neglect? Are you adequately trained? Do you know your duties and obligations as a mandatory reporter? Uh, Are you accessing the NCMEC for all the resources and the training available? Uh, We'd love to hear about it. Uh, Drop us a line, drop us an email at policingmatters at police1.com, policingmatters at police1.com. Be well, stay safe. Thanks for your service. I'm Jim Dudley. 